Imagination presented perfect pop songs for a more daring and experimental age. That's how it's built and it's true. As lead singer and co-songwriter Lee John, dressed in gold lame, crawled his way on all fours through the audience and onto the top of the pop stage, where he then secured Imagination's position as essential 80s crossover soul dance hit makers and influencers for future generations of pop stars. Now, over the years, Lee John has done everything in terms of being a singer and a record producer and an actor and also a film producer, a consummate all-round artist. And he's about to take to the stage again, proving that the groove imagination created and creates is still absolutely relevant. Lee John, huge congratulations on the 40th anniversary and welcome to the show. Thank you very, very much. I like the way you said crawling in La May. It's funny because I never wore La May. It was always my drummer or my um, bass player that wore La May. <laughs> that oh, was really? Funny. So, I wore, so I wore really? Gold. I wore gold stuff. I was ah. wore gold. But, um, you know, because Lame was uh, like, um, I remember Errol on the drums, he came off the drums to dance when we did Body Talk and he had these trousers, which actually did belong to me, but I only wore them once for- Okay, okay, okay. So, and the only time I think I crawled on the stage was not even crawling, was when I was um, singing In the Heat of the Night where I was sitting, I was actually sitting. But then I did in flashback, when we did flashback, I kind of, crawled up on through you know they let me we we on top of I think we were one of the first black artists to be on top of the pop so many times because Michael Hurl wanted us on the show he did you know even did even though we did videos he preferred us to be there so whatever um, you were doing it was pretty damn sexy wasn't it I didn't think of it at that time <laughs> I was playing the role I you know it was it was fun um, you know, it's you know, when you're young, you're very daring, you know, in, in a situation. I remember um bumping into Prince in High Street Kensington Market, you know, and he just done he just I think done his dirty he was doing his Dirty Minds album and he'd been looking at us and and saying, you know, hey, I love what you guys are doing and stuff like that. I said, Thank you and stuff like that. Like what are you doing? And then the next thing he had a raincoat and he had a jock strap underneath it, you know, okay. it's quite funny. Okay. So there was, it, you know, it was a daring time, I think, from the new wave into, from the punk to new wave to the whole Brit punk scene, all you saw what we did on Top of the Pops came from the streets. It came from the club scenes that we all used to go to, and we just exaggerated and took it to another theatrical level. I see. So mm. that's all you were doing? You were just exaggerating, were you? We exaggerated it, but the music and the lyrics were the most important factors for me because I had to perform. And for me, it was a time where there were riots in the street. There was a, there was a lot of upheaval. You had the Bernie, the, <clears throat> the, the kids that got that died yeah. in the fire in, in, in um, Lewisham, oh, I think it was Lewisham. I think it was near Lewisham. There was a lot, there was a lot of, there was a lot, of, it, it wasn't the kids, it was, it was a party actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of um, unrest and upheaval, especially in the black community at that time. And, um, so I think what we represented was strength, power, 
and that we could go out there and do it and you know we could change the world with the music with the visual and you could escape through us you know and that was one of the situations because like now i think the world needs more imagination again because we're going through so much that you need this vessel so that you can just go through to escape you know and i think that's important you know i'm i'm very politically aware of what was happening and you know i was always supporting my brethren my sister and always because my mother's been working in the community for many many years she's an mbe and she was also police liaison officer when kids got in trouble you know 11 year olds were getting stopped on the street i used to get stopped you know and uh, the police so you know it, it, no matter how high you go you know and you may you know you still feel that confrontation from from friends and family but the music is the thing that brings it all together that brings you through it you know it's the sedative of life you know it's interestingly that you talk about how important the lyrics um are to you and then you immediately go to the horrendous um incident do we call it an incident where the 15 teenagers were yeah, burned in right. the house yeah but the reason i say it's interesting is because obviously you'll be aware of the fact that we had i mean steve mcqueen steve mcqueen that's his yeah. name he did the small act series with tyrone yeah yeah, yeah no no so it's really interesting that you pick that you pick up on that and especially you being a filmmaker because of course we know that steve mcqueen um, yeah. did well, that whole, did that I, whole I've got thing. right here, this is my yeah. best mate's book, Closing Round. Ah, okay. This is what Red, White and Blue was based on. It was the third episode of the Small Act series. And it was based on um, Leroy Logan's life. That's and true. of course, I'm part of his life. And Joan Baega played him and won a, 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 an award. It was an Emmy Award, I think. No, Golden Globe Award. He won a Golden Globe Award. And um, Tyrone Huntley, a very talented actor, singer, director, choreographer, very good. He played me, which was great. I never thought that I'd reach this age where somebody would be actually portraying me, which is which is uh, a mammoth for me. It's like, and then someone playing my mother, which to me was like, wow, you know, I was watching me, but I was watching the person playing my mum. So that was uh, very touching. Um, very warm and um, very appreciative that, you know, through Leroy, in actual fact, uh, that opportunity came about through his life story. But, um, you know, and, and always with these trials and tribulations, there was always in the background, the music. And that's one of the main things that is so important and why we're all here today, still 40 years later. You know, Lee, it's... Um... You again have just picked up on something in that answer that I'd actually picked up from the material that came through um, announcing this 40th anniversary. You talked about your message being through the music and that you're restoring love and you're rebuilding dreams and spreading love, peace and happiness. And you also said that you think it's actually even more needed today in the place where we are than it was perhaps you know, the 40 years ago when you were first writing. Does that fill you with any sense of, for goodness sake, how long are we going to be singing A Change Is Going to Come For? Or do you actually feel a shift now in our reality, who and what we are? I think there's, I think there's a bit of both. I think um, since we had the, the BLM um 
situation that happened in 2021, um, it was more noticeable that things have come to the forefront. Obviously, we're seeing ourselves a lot more on TV to an extent, um, but it's some of these things are periodic. Sometimes for me, they're like seasonal. So, you know, they know that we're going to buy stuff. So they, they have it for the summer, then they have it for Christmas. And then, you know, but in between that. But I mean, the movement is mo is moving positively. I would say it's moving positively. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done. Oh, but yeah. having said that, in the political framework, that needs definitely a lot of work to be done because there is still institutional racism. There's still people's attitudes about even black artists like myself um, and <clears throat> other artists where you we've had this situation where as a, a, a black British artist, you're dumbed down, but if you're an American artist, you're pushed up. And we're always like third or fourth on the list while the Americans were always up there. If American artists had had one hit and we've had five hits, that American artist will still be getting top billing to us. You know, it's always that. And I've worked, you know, I've toured a lot um, and, you know, I'm very good friends with Miles Rogers. We talk together with Kuno Gang, um, from the Fire. You know, we do dates together. You know, like I did a tour in Germany with them. We did 20 dates and Nile Rogers opened up. Then it was uh, Amkes Open the Fire, then Sister Sledge, then me, and then Kuno Gang. So oh. I'm, I'm, from, I'm oh, the one from really? North London. All of those came from the States. But we were treated equally. I was respected equally. I got the red carpet. It was, you know, it was it was a great uh, situation, which I do quite a lot abroad. Here is slightly different, you know, and I think we don't celebrate the legacy of the artists that we do here. Henceforth, I've been working on this film flashback for quite some time now. Um, and I'm just getting, to, it's, it's, it's been the business side that's held me back in completing it, but we have, over 100 images, uh, sorry, interviews, and about seven or 800 hours. And it's just been really just trying to finalize it and get it done. And, and we've got a few more interviews to finish off and stuff like that, but we're getting through it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still hard work out there. It still is hard work, but I focus on the positives. I try and keep everything uplifted and not keep everything to, it's because it's about the audience. It's about the audience. And now we're bringing in new audiences. You know, there's the younger kids who, uh, you know, they're in the DJ world. They're listening to some of our 12-inch records, which they're going to also get on the box set. There's some really fantastic 12-inch box set releases um, that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're copying now, you know? So that's a really good thing. I think that is uh, also a huge compliment to you. And when I said that you're still relevant, the reason I'm saying you're still relevant is not because I've checked out any charts or anything like that, Lee. It's because I listened to your music again and I listened to the groove and I was pleasantly surprised again. I was listening to Changes this morning. Um, you know, it's it's. I think that what is happening in that space is exciting, but I really do believe that it is right that we actually do give all props to what went before because mm. that's where it kind of came from 
And in terms of our identity, and especially when you were talking about the disparity of treatment, I don't know if you're aware or not, or not but there was a huge report done by Black Lives in Music, which gives it you in percentage terms of, of how dreadful the racism is within the music industry. Yeah. And it yeah. would just make you dis it would just well, it doesn't tell you anything that, that you and I don't know, but mm -hmm. it would make you depressed. But rather than be being depressed, I think is is this shift, as I say, which is in, in people sort of saying we're taking control and we're going to do this ourselves. My only concern in all of this, and it's like you're talking about your film, you know, I want to be part of your film. I wish I could have been there to help you with your film. Let me do some voice voiceover. Let me do you know what I mean? It's like it's like I want to be a part of doing what I call proper projects. I know that our representation has increased massively in mm. terms of what you're seeing uh, on screen, but but my concern really, Lee, is in 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 what is being said, and I think that there's an awful lot of conversation, grown-up conversation that that is happening that is not being reflected out there. And mm. looking at just some of your, I only looked at three of your documentaries online, and that's what you've got. It's it's exactly that real people telling it as it is this mm. is their daily reality this isn't somebody making up something this is what we're living and it is that that rich history i mm. believe that makes it all all so tremendous but why why are you having to struggle why isn't somebody coming to you and saying do you know what lee i'm gonna have a bit of that please well, I've, I've had certain people interested but you know um and from and really someone from their head at the very top and, you know, but what I can say is they get excited when it's in fashion to be excited. Okay. And when the BLM came out, there's all these people, yeah, we're going to do it. And then we started to become the back burner, the back burner. We'll do it then, the back burner. Then you don't hear anything. And they say, oh, yeah, you know, we went on, we had to go and do this and we did that and da 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 da. And a year later, we're still waiting for them. And we're thinking, well, I thought we were going to be doing it, you know. So we had that. I had one company that really, wanted to get involved, but wanted to take so much out of it, we'd have to go out and raise more money. And my lawyers and management said, Lee, you've worked too hard. So sometimes it's good to be the turtle and not the rabbit. Yeah. So that's what I decided to do, sit back a little bit. I did a documentary on St. Lucia, which I'm just finished, I've just finished, uh, it's 30 minutes. And um, it really, from my viewpoint, a really nice viewpoint of St. Lucia, things I didn't know, um, that very this little snatches of it. Some of the young musicians are in it, showing you a little, little um, what did I say? A little, an enlightenment about Saint Lucia. You know, so it's not two blondes on the beach running, and you know, da 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 da. You know, it's an island, but there's other little, little tiny things that sometimes you overlook if you're going there. You know, so that was something I've done, and besides the flashback project, and I've also done three documentaries for SOS children in Tunisia, Zambia, and South Africa. Because um, I'm a very a, a big patron for SOS children uh, for a long, long time, and um, and we also was in, we went to Brazil, and I went to the, the, the children's village there, and we try and raise profiles in Mozambique just before the um, lockdown. So being in the music industry has given me a very heightened growth of knowledge because I can go to other people's countries and check their communities, see what they're doing. How then we how we relate to them, how lucky we are, and also basically if I can help enhance something for them over there, you know we can do an exchange. So that's what 
being, you know, singing just an illusion of music and lights, whatever, that has taken me so, to so many heights. And it still is, because I'm still learning. I'm still educating myself. You know, I think that you never stop learning. And that's what keeps the energy that keeps me doing all these different projects which I'm involved with, because I'm on that train, you know, and you don't stop learning. It, some things are difficult now because it's more technical and some people go, oh, I can't be bothered with it. I just say, okay, deep breath. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can learn it because that's the only option you have. No, absolutely. And, you know, again, it's something that I always say is that, you know, every single conversation that you have, mm. you take something from, you learn mm. something from. I feel, um, oh, let me just ask you about the jazz album. You talked about the jazz oh, album. Nice let, let, let's have a, a quick, a quicker little trip along that. What what was that about? And how's it done? And, and where are it's you starting from? I feel my soul um, I did in 2005, 2006. And I was offered a deal in um, my French company, uh, Crystal Productions, and I went to Rocheville. And at the same time that I was there, um, a very good friend of mine who's a film director said, look, let's do a joint production and do the making of while you're doing the album. And I thought, oh my God, I'm jumping into the ocean. Now I'm jumping into space as well. You know, it was like, I'm doing two things at the same time. I said, getting up in the morning, you want to film it? Yes, I want to film like, oh my God, no, no. So it was, it was, actually very therapeutic as well because um we did a dummy run on the train going to Eurostar then going from um Gaudinot to La Rochelle and then driving to to Rochefort now Rochefort is a very interesting town because in the 60s it was a it uh, it's known for this famous film La Dame Mademoiselle de Rochefort which has the actress Catherine Deneuve and her sister. Uh -huh. also had George Chakaris, who, was, who won an Oscar for West Side Story, and the one and only Gene Kelly. They did a French film there, this film. And the whole village has these speakers, which are still there today, when they were doing the playback, you know, when they were dancing in the streets. Oh, it's a lovely village. And on a Thursday, Friday, they would play jazz music. And they have a little marketplace and it's a very intimate place and i was there not too long ago and it's still exactly the same and the studio we were in was an old cinema and they transformed it into a studio into a studio but you still have the cinema there and um we had uh stefan Koreshi, stefan Houchard, who were very well known renowned jazz musicians and dr john watson who's been working with me since the 80s as a, a fantastic keyboard player so it was a very defining and significant moment in my growth. Um, and I had just done Reborn in the USA at the time. So I'd come back from America and I would have been offered to do a jazz album over here, but they wanted me to do like sing along Sammy Davis. And I thought I didn't want to do that or sing Frank Sinatra songs. And I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to do something that if I do a cover, it has to be, my own interpretation, but I want to do eclectic jazz, which is what I did with Through My Soul. So I had like a very hip hop, like um, The Thin Line, You Never Know, which has got a very kind of Erica Badu-ish sort of feel to it. Then a cover of Someone's Watch Over Me, Strange Fruit, Billy Holiday's Strange Fruit, which was initially nearly nine, 12 minutes long. We had to edit it down because the, the groove was just there. And then Feel My Spirit, which I'd written um, some time ago, not sometime, but with my old producer from Imagination Days, um, Tony Swain. 
and uh, I reinterpreted that with real, you know, with um, acoustic bass <clears throat> and vocal. And most of the takes we did were two or three takes, and that was it. And um, it was a pleasure to be there. And we've got it all on film. It's on a two-hour documentary, which is on the DVD, which we have as part of the uh, box set. And um, it, it explored another side of me vocally, my intonation, um, different interpretation, because singing certain songs is like singing another language. Um, and that's why I learned many years ago. So I could be singing in, in, in my, my top register or falsetto or in a lower tone. I got that opportunity to show that. And then I like harmony. So I do a lot of harmonies. There's a track called Jazzamataz, which is very like um, the old bebop sort of, um, you know, 1940s sort of like, ba -da 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 -ba -da, you know, Jazzamataz. I'm doing all that kind of harmony thing, which I loved, you know. And what I represent in myself is that um, I like to be a beacon of light, a beacon of someone with the lights coming in now, a beacon of, of, of um, positivity. I want to be my own unique person. What I do is me. It's not someone else. It's not trying to be someone else. It's me. So sometimes it's everybody likes to follow somebody in that way. But, and I, I've always been, I want to do my own thing. You know, I, I will take a bit of that, take a bit of this. And so when I did feel my soul, the album, um, it was another form of my expression as an artist, not a celebrity. And the two are two different things for me. Uh, being an artist is, is, we're all forever as musicians, as writers, we're always painting. Yes. We're always painting, whether it's, you know, and that's whether we are speaking, talking, writing, spoken word, it, we're painting pictures so people can actually hear, see, breathe. Being a celebrity, that's anyone, you know, my cat can go out there and be a celebrity, you know, he is, you know, that, because anyone can just all of a sudden see a reality show, see what they're doing, and all of a sudden they can say, oh, that's what it is, I can do it too. And I've seen people doing it. I was watching something the other day just briefly, and, you know, the guy goes, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I, 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 what, what do I do? Oh, I've been bodybuilding for 10 years. It's nearly 30 now or something. And But I thought, you're not educating me. You know, give me something, something real, you know, and, uh, and I think this is what we have to try and strive for is try and educate the youth yeah, we more in, 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 and there's a lot of history and I love history that they do not know of. Um, and that's the area where as you go along, you pick things up, you know, and I think there's a lot, especially in the music industry since, since I was a kid. And I think that's an important factor that we need to bring to the table so that they can be educated and know a lot more of those stories that, you know, um, I learned and that, that they can now pass on to their children. And, you know, it's an important, it's very important, I think. Well, well, not only that, you know, when you think about it in terms of the fact that, you know, we're forever looking for role models and this, that and the other. And our musicians actually for what they did, from what they went through, from what they have produced, from the impact that they have made on life and society. They're the, some of the best role models that we could possibly have. But not only that, they're in conversation with us. It was something that you alluded to there when you were talking about it being a painting. And I love that analogy because mm. it is ever evolving. It is ever changing. And surely the best thing is you still standing there 40 years on, still being relevant. No, I'm serious, still being relevant. I've been in this business 30 years, Lee. So, mm. you know, 
we're, we're talking, well, I believe we're talking the same language. And, and mm, I refuse, I refuse to say it's out. I'm like, well, what do you think is going to happen for the next 30 years of our lives? We're not, we're not out. We're not, oh, you know, I have this thing, oh, but not out, which is basically, okay. I'm looking at age as being wisdom as something, something to be, to be revered, not mm. something to be ridiculed. And actually taking the best of what we have with the, with the vigor and the energy of, and the excitement of youth mm. has got to, mm. has got to, you know, create the best thing. So I wonder, is that why you're back on the road again? Is that what keeps you on the road? I've worked with a lot of younger um, musicians and artists, and I always say to them, I want some of your blood, you know, give me some of your blood, you know. And they was laughing at me and said, oh, Lee, you know, and, and I do, because I'm thinking, you know, I want to know what they're doing and what's next, what's, the, what, what's that? Educate me, what's this all about? How come I can't get into that, you know, or whatever? Yeah. So, you know, that's the interesting side of things. And it's like doing an exchange program, you know, especially with the youth, and that gives you the injection. Um, but I still get excited going on stage. I still get excited in performing the songs that I've been, you know, been part of a, a co-writer on for, for many, many years. And um, and the audience are changing because a new set are coming up and they're finding on the being introduced to the music of what we listen to. And I think now, I think over the last, say, six, seven months, there's been a return to soul, funk, I'm feeling a lot more of that. I'm hearing a lot more of it. A lot of records that I knew in the 70s as a kid, I'm hearing them coming back again. They're playing them and they sound really relevant. Um, you know, I'm seeing some, some artists reproducing the same sounds as before. You know, I mean, we've been sampled a great deal. Um, like Mariah Carey and uh, Beyonce with, with the Destiny's Child. Uh -huh. So we've had a lot of that. And um, I think... You know, there's a there's definitely a movement to more of the funk and soul. Good. I'm still playing it. And the originals as well. I say the best of the old, the new, the borrowed and the blues. Hey. In yeah. a jazzy vibe, which means <laughs> I can play anything. Which brings me on to genres. And it's just a little quick question here. Are you Hit up by genres because obviously you know you just then talked about mobo so we're talking soul we're talking r b we're talking blues i mean your voice you could sing anything quite frankly <laughs> as i say i've been watching you online so i know i've been watching you it's true um you can sing anything you can also speak french fluently can't you? <laughs> well, well i do a broken french well, broken italian, broken spanish if, you know yes um, I mean, I, I recently did a track for um, with an Italian artist, and they made me sing in, in Italian, okay. uh, which I'd never done before. And then I I put it away in the can, forgot all about it. So recently they said, oh, we need to hear that track you did in Italian. And I thought, oh, God, I've got to learn it all again, you know. So, but it was a very interesting thing. And he's an operatic, um, uh, you know, tenor singer. So I'm singing with this tenor singer, you know, like it's like singing with Pavarotti which was remarkable for me. And then I turn around and I'm doing a, 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 a version of Police and Thieves with Dennis Gravel. And it's heavy dub and, you know, so there's distances apart, but yeah. it still is music. And um, there's I was still- just, I was just going to ask you if it, if it bothered you, forgive me for breaking in. I was just going to ask you if it bothered you, if it came under that sort of tag of pop, or does that mean actually you've cracked it? Because pop means it's popular. 
and people yeah, years, years ago um pop music had a different definition but now i think black music has become a pop music to a lot of the kids now in a sense they use um i what i see is there's computer games that have music that has music to it and they adapt that and then they put songs on this com computer music and it becomes very electro yeah and then you know then you have the um um all the different they're using a lot of synthesizers now anyway but it's it's just um i think that um there are some, some things I, I i can say oh, i like that and there's some things i don't like but i find that um nowadays i think the turnover is very 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 quick and um you know you've got to grasp what you can very quickly because otherwise it's going to go um and that's why it's a pleasure to still listen to classic songs and and, and um, the songs that myself, Ashley Errol, Tony Swain, Steve Jolly made together. For me, um, it's just, a, you know, I'm, I'm still knocked out, but, you know, three um, me, uh, Men Versus Bees, the, the Rowan Atkinson film and him singing Illusion in the Shower, it's gone into like nearly 20 million people watching it. I'm just like overwhelmed, you know, because I'm thinking, wow. He's singing, he's miming to me in the shower. Yes. And I'm thinking, my God, it's 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 a privilege that that can actually be happening. You know, I didn't never, you know, I never thought in the 80s that this was gonna go so far. How lovely of you to say that it's a privilege. And is that what we're gonna get when we come and see you instead on, on stage? Yes, the best. You can get the best. I mean, my musicians are the really are the best. And um, you know. As I say, in one of my sayings is no man is an island, no man stands alone. And it's about teamwork and having the right people there. My tour manager just pinged me a minute ago to give me details because he needs to know da, 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 what we're going to, you know. So I'm forever involved in what we're creating, what we're, how we're performing. Um, you know, it's not, it's all done for me and I just turn up. It's nothing like that at all. So we, you know, I'm involved in every aspect of my career in what I do um and especially on the creative side but also on the live side as well one track that you wish you could have written i know it's hard any one track, track i wish i could have written um one track that i have sung and i did a duet with mike lindup of level 42 um who's a great musician and great talent and uh his cousin's my best friend um, that's Chad, and it's Stevie Wonder's Visions, which we recorded. And Visions is from, it's from, um, I mean, oh, I everybody loves songs in the keys oh, of life, and no, this no, is no, from no, um, no. Inner Visions album, which I remember as a kid when it first came out. Me too. And I went to see Stevie Wonder at the Rainbow Theatre in London as a kid, and it was so inspiring. I thought, definitely, I need to be in the industry. I definitely need to be. I need to be part of this. I think you can tell. I really think you can tell. Lee John, thank you so, so much. Thank you for thank having you. me. Amazing. And may you long continue. Thank you. Well, that's almost it for this time on Undisputed Music Legends. Thank you once again, Lee John, for sharing the imagination of your story with us on your uh, 40th anniversary. <laughs> Go on, Lee. And uh, thank you for listening at home. Do please remember 
to like and subscribe for more and don't keep it to yourself. So, until the time when I meet another undisputed music legend, this is Audrey Hall saying, until the next time. Thank you.